today, Thursday, July 13th, 2023. FBI Director Ray implies that Joe Biden is under criminal investigation. Ray Epps is going to be charged by the DOJ and presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy joins the show live. My name is Benny Johnson and this is The Benny Show. Have you joined the Benny Brigade? It's been live for one week and it is where all members and subscribers to this show need to go. BennyJohnson.com backslash brigade. You can see a big old, big old join the fight. Click on that. Get yourself a official Benny Brigade swag. The absolutely dope leather made in America delivered to you by veterans keychain. And we're going to be showing you exactly how it's all made here soon. Ladies and gentlemen, the Benny Brigade is how you can support this show. It's how you can support us. It's our product. It's us on our website, BennyJohnson.com. You can ask questions of our VIP uh, guests and you can get a lot of really great perks. And especially you just support us staying independent. That's what we want. We want to be independent. We want to be able to do shows like this. We're going to talk a lot about cocaine on this show. We're going to talk a lot about Joe Biden and his crimes on this show. And we don't want some little corporate overlord coming over and being like, you can't talk about that. You can't talk about it. You don't think it happens in conservative media too? Oh man, I think it's even worse in conservative media. Look what happened to Tucker. Look what happened to Bongino. What's up, guys? We are 100% independent and you can help us stay that way by joining the Benning Brigade. Thank you for all who have joined. It's been unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, what is also unbelievable is that Christopher Ray went up to the Congress yesterday, uh, probably thinking he'd just slip on up there, sip a latte, get in his private jet, fly on back home. No problem. Bingo, bango, bongo. Remember the last time he did one of these things, he left early uh, on his private jet to go on vacation, to go fly to a private island, maybe jet, maybe Epstein Island, who knows, on his private jet. So Christopher Ray was probably thinking he'd just skate into Congress and wouldn't be any problem. Yo, what happened was the modern day metaphorical equivalent of a tarring and a feathering and a running out of town on a rail. If Chris Ray had existed in the 1800s, he would be covered in black tar. He'd be covered in turkey feathers and he would be sitting prostrate on a giant board being walked out of town by the angry townspeople. That's what happened to Christopher Ray yesterday. Now, there is something that I really want to point your attention to. We're gonna break this entire disaster train wreck of a testimony by Christopher Ray down for you. We have so much to get to today, but I need to bring your attention to one quick 15 second answer by Christopher Ray talking about the Bidens, talking about the criminal investigation ongoing into not Hunter, not James, not Jim, not the Joe Biden's dog that he showers with, apparently. Is there a member of the Joe Biden family that he doesn't shower with? Remember Joe Biden with his boot? Oh, yeah, I pulled my dog's tail in the shower. That's hilarious. It's what they told, it's what they said was the explanation for Joe Biden being in a boot. Okay, anyway, what I'm telling you is that Joe Biden himself, Mr. Dog Yanker, Joe Biden himself, Mr. Shower Bomber, Mr. Don't Acknowledge My Own Grandkids, Mr. Dementia, this guy is under criminal investigation, confirmed by Christopher Ray yesterday. This is the most important piece of news that came out from the hearing. There's a lot. We're going to cover the cocaine. We're going to cover January 6th, but this is the most important piece of news, yo. 
This is really bombshell stuff. And you could tell how uh, dangerous a territory Christopher Ray is getting into because he immediately tried to walk it back or like say, no, that didn't happen. Everyone look into my little flashy thing from Men in Black. You didn't see that. Dude, check out this clip. Watch. Did Joe Biden take uh, payments from Burisma or any other foreign companies as vice president, president or private citizen Biden? Uh, as you may know, there is an ongoing investigation being led by the U.S. attorney in Delaware, Mr. Weiss, appointed uh, by President Trump in the last administration that our Baltimore field office is working with. And I would refer you to to him as to what, if anything, can be. Shared. So the president is under um, he is under um, investigation. I'm not going to confirm or speak to who is or isn't under investigation for what I'm simply so going he's to not you, under investigation. I didn't say that either. Uh, by longstanding department policy and practice, I'm okay. not going to be confirming or denying I'll who is or isn't under investigation. Oh, my. Ooh, cutting back on Christopher Ray's adrenochrome, I see. Shouldn't you have a better demeanor, Mr. Director, if you're just answering questions from the people who have oversight over you? Hmm, curious that. Why exactly is Christopher Ray so angry in that clip? Well, maybe it's because this happened directly before that line of questioning. Matt Gates reading Hunter Biden's text messages about his dad being a criminal. Remember, this is the guy who is protected by Christopher Ray every step of the way. These people are stepping in, whether it's cocaine at the White House or whether it's Joe Biden's FARA violations and treasonous acts selling out America, strip mining this country, strip mining you, your children's future for his own personal gain. They've been protecting him. And when you read the actual crimes of the Bidens before him, you watch him seethe like a demon, like a snake. Watch him slither, man. Watch the reaction. He's like, like a vampire to light, like putting holy water on a demon. Check this out. I'm sitting here with my father. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director? Uh, I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Ac absolutely not. The FBI well, does not and has no oh, interest in you won't protecting answer the question anyone. About whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to, ev to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is. And your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you. You don't give straight answers. You give answers that, that later a court deems aren't true. And then at the end of the day, you won't criticize an obvious shakedown when it's directly in front of us. And it appears as though you're whitewashing the conduct of corrupt people. Respect Respectfully, Congressman, in your home state of Florida, the number of people applying to come work for us and devote their lives working for us is over up over 100 percent. We're deeply proud of them and they deserve better than you. Wow. Checkmate. Now, as far as we know, there have been no serious. All right. So that was interesting clip there is sean sean hannity get out of my show get off my show you were a cia and an fbi pin on your show dude get off my show no no stop wearing pins of these organizations sean and then maybe you'll be welcome on my show unbelievable 
These organizations were absolutely blown out of the water. You can see Christopher Ray there writhing, slithering, his tongue going in and out of his mouth. You just read the Hunter Biden laptop to Christopher Ray. Matt Gaetz just rips open the Hunter Biden laptop. Christopher Ray sitting here admitting that Joe Biden is under criminal investigation. Christopher Ray implying that Joe Biden is under criminal investigation by the U.S. Attorney Delaware and then being asked if the president ever took money from Burisma and then he has to freak out and backpedal. Amazing. You can see the text message here. Uh, the text message here is the text message that was being read. This is from Hunter to his Chinese dog walkers over in communist China, sitting there essentially selling out America. Hey, I'm sitting here with my dad. We're really angry. He hasn't paid us. You better pay up. You better pay up. Then Matt Gates, Matt Gates effectively saying, yo, um, uh, the people who are signing up for the FBI deserve better than you. Oh, so good we made a thug life out of it. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Gates, thug life. You give answers that, that later a court deems aren't true. And then at the end of the day, you won't criticize an obvious shakedown when it's directly in front of us. And it appears as though you're whitewashing the conduct of corrupt people. Respectfully, Congressman, in your home state of Florida, the number of people applying to come work for us and devote their lives working for us is over up over 100 percent. We're deeply proud of them and they deserve better than you. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, we had to make a thug life out of that clip. Matt Gates, friend of the show, uh, the best line of questioning we thought. Second, uh, secondary to no one, but the person who came in real strong is another friend of the show, Wesley Hunt. Wesley Hunt talking about how how the FBI has been just completely cratered and its reliability with the American people and the faith of the American people. Wesley Hunt himself, a veteran, a decorated veteran. He's from the great state of Texas and a rising star in the GOP, taking it to Christopher Ray. This was hot stuff. Watch. If what the American people know and believe about the FBI today, sir, if you are a Trump, you'll be prosecuted. If you are a Biden, you'll be protected. And the American people that I represent are sick and tired of this double standard. Joe Biden is the most unpopular president we have seen in a century, and that's why he knows the only way to stop President Trump from beating him in November is by putting him in jail. You talked about this, Mr. Fry. In the 247 years of this existence of this great nation, only one president has ever been indicted by the DOJ and has home raided by the FBI. Now, some have said that President Trump's indictment means that no one is above the law. Okay, all right, I would love to see that. But what about Hillary Clinton? And what about Joe Biden? And what about Hunter Biden? I'm telling you what, guys, I sent uh, Wesley on the tent a text after that. I'm like, dude, listen, you guys gotta go to me. You guys gotta ask me for like how to do how to do training for this stuff. Because it's one thing to sit there and monologue. You gotta like leave a question. You got to leave a question for him to answer. You have to read Hunter Biden's text and then have him and then ask a question and let the audience, let the air, let the silence fill the room. There was a lot of monologuing going on. I'm not trying to wrote like, like, listen, I think that Republicans did a really good job yesterday, better than I've seen them in any hearing. Remember those hearings like Hillary Clinton, like the Benghazi hearings where they were all like playing patty cake 
and everyone was face painting each other's faces. Oh, you're a poodle. Oh, you're a bunny. You're a silly bunny. Like that's what they did with Hillary Clinton. It's despicable, right? That, that, that was run by Trey Gowdy. Trey Gowdy, who I think fist bumped or like hugged Hillary Clinton afterwards. Sick. Oftentimes, these are just like displays of faux outrage towards the people in charge of our government. This was real outrage. But there are moments and opportunities for uh, virality and for really like putting the pedal to the metal on these guys. And some of the older seasoned members really understand that. Another great congressman, Chip Roy from the great state of Texas, really like really like did his work on the anti-Christian bias at the FBI. Super important. The reason why the FBI is anti-Christian, the reason why woke America is anti-Christian, the reason why anyone's anti-Christian is that Christianity is the system of aligning your life to a power higher than the government. That's why they hate Christians. Christianity, and you could really extrapolate all religion, but particularly Christianity, since like 80% of the country's religious people are Christians, right? And the foundation of this country is Christian in origin. This is a direct competition towards a belief system in the government as the highest power. And so you must go after Christianity. You must make Christians scared to practice their faith, to look at child murderers in the face and say, we are against child murder. And that's what a lot of Christians have been doing across the nation. And it's good. It's time to act out our faith. That's a good thing. Acting out our faith is also acting out in love, being tr doing what we do here in the Benny Brigade, like speaking truth, taking action. And Chris Chip Roy like hit the nail on the head because the FBI has been raiding the homes, like armed raids of homes of Christians who dare speak out against abortion. Have you had your FBI raid yet? I don't know. I don't know. Are you like, are you an actual legit conservative? If you haven't been raided by the FBI, I mean, come on. Chip Roy going in. Watch. Your job is to protect the American people from a tyrannical FBI storming the home of an American family. I could not disagree more with your description of the FBI as tyrannical. Uh, and you I don't think believe it's tyrannical that, that FBI agents were a part of storming a father's home in, the in suburban Philadelphia? I'm the gentleman. Mr. Chairman. Time of the gentleman's expired. The witness may respond, and then we'll move to our next witness. Our Sir, next, respectfully, uh, they did not storm his house. They came to his door. They knocked on his door and identified themselves. They asked him to exit. He did without incident. Whenever our agents, well, not at gunpoint, whenever our agents conduct an arrest, they are armed. Our agents are armed virtually all the time, as you may remember. Oh, okay. So you did order an armed raid of not only the president of the United States, but also a father whose only crime was praying in front of an abortion clinic. They see Christianity as the enemy because it is a way to organize your life that speaks to a higher a power higher than the government. And I suppose you could extrapolate that any religion that says there is a God and that that God is a creator of the universe and is benevolent and is all powerful, that that is, of course, a threat to people who believe they are benevolent and all powerful. Little Fauci's 
little tight, little tin pot tyrants running around Washington, D.C., believing you should worship them. Build me a monument. Bow down and worship me. You think we you think anything's changed from Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego? You think anything's changed? Worship the golden calf. Worship the golden statue. Go into the furnace if you don't. If you don't follow the vaccine mandate, then we'll take away your job. Worship the golden calf. It's always the same, man. These pe- It's always the same. Those who do not know God, those who do not believe in that which is right in front of their face, God, they will create their own gods, and those gods always turn into themselves, okay? These sick, warped, self-obsessed individuals that really like are, are, are openly demanding that you actually worship their hedonistic religion, them. Worship me. There's a votive candle of Dr. Fauci. Like when he does interviews, there are like little votive candles of him. Like he worships himself. It's just secular hedonism. It's wrong. It will lead to really bad things, but God won't tolerate a liar. We'll have justice. Be great. Like it, just sit back and watch. God has his own timing for people like this. God doesn't like people who steal. God doesn't like people who lie. Satan's job is to lie, cheat, and steal. So that's what these people do. So there you go. Sit back and watch. It won't be great for them. It won't. It won't. And it's our jobs as believers to sit back and be like, okay, fine. You're going to do this kind of stuff? You're going to lie? You're going to cheat this country? You're going to lie about January 6th? You're going to go and you're going to like uh, smear all these like little grannies who walked in with their 25 cent flags because they were welcomed in by the police? Who, baby, things are happening on the January 6th front. Uh, Christopher Ray was asked big time about January 6th. And also Ray Epps has announced that he will now be charged three years later by the Justice Department and blames Tucker Carlson for that. We're going to look through the Ray Epps lawsuit line by line and show you some fascinating things. Did Ray Epps admit to working with the federal government? It seems like he just did. And now the federal government is charging him. This is going to be fascinating. Get ready, baby. More important than ever, ladies and gentlemen, is to not support the people who wish to destroy this place. Support the people who actually understand that all good things grow and come from God. Those people are the farmers, and we support the farmers because we support Moink. Moink is the box of delicious, tasty meat that I get delivered to my home every single week. This pork and this beef don't come from China. You know, 60% of the pork in America is owned by a Chinese conglomerate. Yuck. You saw what those people were capable of in COVID. Gross. You don't want your beef, pork, any of it pumped full of chemicals. You don't want to support the Chinese when you're eating. Don't do it. Support real, small American farmers. Go to moinkbox.com, moinkbox.com slash Benny, and get some of the best steak, some of the best bacon you've ever had in your life. Some of the best fish. Guys, you cannot go wrong. Join the Moink movement today and help save rural America. I love it, and you will too. Okay, look, some of the best questions from yesterday were not necessarily about the Biden's criminality. They were, in fact, about January 6th and the FBI's role in January 6th, something that this show has not shied away from. We have been upfront with you as to the information pursuant January 6th and what's happening there. We always bring you the receipts. 
just like we do have this receipt, Joe Biden did, in fact, I wasn't making this up. Joe Biden did, in fact, slip in the shower and blame it on him yanking his dog. Super weird. Okay, I just want to just want to put this out there. I, I don't I don't want to have to talk about this, but yeah, Joe Biden says he broke his foot after playing with his dog in the shower. That's a real headline. So I don't know. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. We're going to get to the cocaine here in just a second. But January 6th, Andy Biggs asked a great question about January 6th and caught Christopher Ray saying he didn't know how many federal agents there were at January 6th. What? Hold on. Er, record scratch. Watch. And I, please don't don't distract here because we're focusing on the, those who were there in an undercover capacity on January 6th. How many were there? Uh, again, I, I'm not sure that I can give you that number as I sit here. I'm not sure there were undercover agents uh, on scene. You, you, I'm, I find that kind of a remarkable statement, Director. At this point, you don't know whether there were un undercover federal agents, FBI agents in the crowd or in the Capitol on January 6th. I say that because I want to be very careful. There have been a number of court filings related to some of these topics, and I want to make sure that I stick with him what's in. I, I understand that. But I, I just I thought I heard you say you didn't know whether there were FBI agents or informants or human sources in the Capitol or in the in vicinity on January 6th. Did I misunderstand you? I thought that's what you said. Well, I referred very specifically to undercover agents. So how. You could, okay, listen, show me, I don't know who I'm paraphrasing here. Show me your bank statement. And I'll show you where your values are. If you're donating to your church, if you're donating to philanthropy, if you're buying toys for your kids, the vast majority of spending in my family has to do with my children. We care about our kids and we care about like providing a, a good life for them. That is, that is what matters to me. That, that, that is my legacy on this earth. So that is that is, if you looked at my bank account, that would be where that'd be where you'd see the money going. OK, so you can really tell someone's priority based on where they're spending resources, where the FBI spent probably not uh, 90 cents out of every dollar over the last two years was prosecuting uh, little grannies who, who who were ushered into the Capitol on January 6th. And he was called out to his face about that uh, by. Troy Niels, who is a fantastic member of Congress, also from Texas. Here's Troy Niels talking about how the FBI is prosecuting little grannies um, more than they're prosecuting child predators. I find that disturbing because last month, Steve Friend, he testified before the Weaponization Committee. Mr. Friend was a domestic terror investigator for you. And he was told by one of his superiors that January 6th was, I quote, a higher priority than pursuing child pornography cases, end quote. And for those of you watching in America, understand today's FBI is more concerned about searching for and arresting grandma and grandpa for entering the Capitol building that day than pursuing the sick individuals in our society who prey on our children. And Mr. Ray, your priorities are flawed. But let's rehash what we know so far, all right? It's the largest investigation in FBI history, and you don't mention it in your testimony. Agents have been reassigned from child exploitation cases and so on. So these are the receipts. This is what the FBI prioritizes. Troy Niels is saying, yo, you are reassigning child exploitation agents to 
work on January 6th cases and the bigs there of Arizona saying, wait a second, hold up. You don't know how many agents were inside of the U.S. Capitol? Christopher Ray being like, I don't know. Oh, really? Well, first off, I find that very hard to believe. And then secondarily, you've been asked this same question by the great Clay Higgins, one of our favorite members of Congress, Louisiana, friend of the show, who just delivered a barn burner the last time Christopher Ray was dragged up to Congress. Christopher Ray sat and was asked a simple question. How many class, how many human informants or FBI agents did you have inside of the Capitol before the doors were opened? Such an important way to frame that question, because if you are to establish a Fed surrection, you would need to effectively have already pre-planned, dressed as MAGA supporters, individuals inside the Capitol, behind the police, before the doors were opened. That would mean that you are already predicting what's about to happen. And you had an entire mechanism set up for people to enter the Capitol and for you to charge them all with trespassing. Now, I have two pieces of two pieces of video that I'm going to play you here. One, Christopher Ray, and then two, Nancy Pelosi. Because Nancy Pelosi, at the same time that this was happening, said, ooh, trespassing at the Capitol, I've been waiting for this. Because she had a documentary film crew with her the whole time. Hmm, that's curious, that. Why would Nancy Pelosi have a documentary f- film crew with her waiting to hit her marks, things like that? Very curious. Christopher Ray can't answer the simple question, how many agents did you have inside the Capitol before the doors were open on January 6th? This gives gives away the game. Watch. Does it does the FBI have confidential human sources? Uh, did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters? on January 6th of 2021. Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when- Even our, now, because that's what you I, told us two I years finish? ago. May I finish? Uh, about when we do and do not, and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being open? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. Can you not tell the American people? No, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, gentlemen's time has expired. So that's effective questioning right there. That's effective questioning. No monologuing. Stop it. This is what always gets the super villains, right? At the end of the movie, they monologue, right? The hero's all trapped instead of just like blowing them away. They monologue. No, no, no. Don't monologue. Ask questions. Get him to answer. That's so important. Clay Higgins came on our show and said, listen, I've seen the footage. I've seen the dudes. I've seen these guys. They were standing, MAGA supporters were standing there waiting. MAGA supporters, federal agents were standing there pre-dressed as MAGA supporters inside the U.S. Capitol. Clay Higgins, he's on the committees that have access to all of the footage. So where the hell were these guys? Why can't they release the footage? Oh, uh, because it would unveil who was acting as an informant for the FBI. That's what the FBI said. FBI is stopping the release of this footage. 
thus proving that these were FBI agents. You want further proof? Here's Nancy Pelosi. As soon as the Capitol was breached, now reminder here, according to the Capitol Police Chief, Stephen Sund, Nancy Pelosi refused to take his call and refused to ask for backup for 80 minutes as the crowd moved closer, edged closer and closer to the Capitol. And then once the crowd breaks into the Capitol, not saying that they should have, hooliganism should always be punished. You hit a cop. I don't care if you're wearing black block or MAGA hat. You go to jail. You should go to jail for a long time. Okay, so the hooligans deserve to go to prison. But I'm talking about the people that were ushered in by the cops. I'm talking about the vast majority of people who are just like wandering around. Oh, okay, it's a sightseeing tour. Obey the obey the velvet ropes. Ladies and gentlemen, when those people were welcomed into the Capitol, Nancy Pelosi had this to say. Watch. Secret Service said they have dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. So at the moment, he is not coming, but that could change. Oh, he comes. I'm going to punch him out. This oh, is my mom. I would pay to see that. waiting for this, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out, and I'm going to go to jail, and I'm going to be happy. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. What the, what, what did she just say? What did she just say? I've been waiting for this. Trespassing on the Capitol ground. You know, we pulled the records. Over 90% of J6ers are charged with trespassing. That's right. Trespassing. Why did Nancy Pelosi wait for that? What was she? Oh, Nancy, that's during the quote unquote insurrection. Nancy Pelosi goes, I've been waiting for this. Trespassing on the Capitol grounds. And then that's what they go ahead and charge everyone with. Why have you been waiting for it, Nancy? What a, what a, what a curious thing. What a strange world we're living in. Now, Ray Epps, who is suing Fox News for defamation, has in his court filing, which is hundreds of pages long, admitted that he will be charged by the Department of Justice two and a half years after the January 6th riot. Uh, say what now? According to the Post Millennial, Ray Epps' lawsuit against Fox News reveals he's being criminally charged by the Department of Justice two and a half years after the January 6th riot. Interesting. Let's read. Details of Ray Epps' civil complaint against Fox News reveal that he is being criminally charged by the DOJ almost three years after the fact. Finally, in May of 2023, the Department of Justice notified Epps that he would they would seek to charge him criminally for the events of January 6th, two and a half years later. The relentless attacks of Fox and Mr. Carlson uh, resulting in political pressure likely results in the criminal charges. The complaint reads, um, okay, so talking about what the guy did on camera is a problem. This is called reporting. The complaint continues that blaming Fox News criminal charges, it is difficult to believe that the Department of Justice would have pursued this matter if Fox had not focused its lies on Epps. Okay, so what do they, what do they say? Here's the lawsuit on screen. You can see the, the, the you know, you can see the... Uh, uh, filed in the Superior Court of the State of Delaware. Interesting. Um, this is also where Dominion filed its lawsuit uh, there in the state of Delaware. So what does the complaint say? This is super weird here, man. Julie Kelly, who is really good, I mean, the best reporting on January 6th, pulls out this fascinating quote 
from the lawsuit. Julie Kelly tweeting, this is interesting. I have to look at all the interviews and monologues, but what is Ray Epps saying here? Here is on, uh, on I think, paragraph 118. Paragraph 118. Fox did not falsely assert that Epps was an informant for federal agency. Instead, Fox falsely asserted that Epps was a federal agent who was encouraging and inciting others in an unlawful activity. So are they saying, what are they saying here? Are they saying that it's true that Epps was an informant? This is their words. Fox did not falsely assert that Epps was an informant for a federal agency. There are questions to be asked on this man. Tim Poole saying, are they implying that Fox is correct? That Epps was either an informant or a law enforcement officer with a legitimate task? Does this mean their only complaint is the implications of a false flag? That's what Tim's asking. Uh, the... Uh, Lawsuit is able to be uh, read. It's available online. Really, really interesting. Uh, but also, uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be hard here. Ray Epps is now arguing, according to Cernovich, uh, that when he said we'll go inside the Capitol, he claimed that he was just trying to fit in. That he didn't mean it. I didn't mean nothing about it. Just to, just for a reminder, this is Ray Epps in the flesh uh, ordering people to go inside of the Capitol. Tell you what, uh, we've combed through thousands, tens of thousands of hours of J6 footage. I can't find you another person that was ordering people to go into the Capitol. Save one man. What? All right. No, Dave, but one more thing. Yeah, so can we go up there? No? When we go in, we gonna get leave we go this here. Yeah, cool. We don't need to get shot. So what were you doing, man? Let's get these answers. I'm glad this lawsuit is going forward. Let's get the answers. What were you doing? Let's be honest about everything. What? Why? Why? Why is this the one person who's being protected by all corporate media? Why is every headline about him suing Fox News not about him being criminally charged? What are the charges going to be? What's going to happen here? I mean, obviously, this is all on, on video. This is all on camera. So uh, don't come after us for noticing. Same thing with uh, the great Troy Niels of Texas, who asked Christopher Ray about Ray Epps. There he is, breaching the line, going in at the first breach into the Capitol, into the Capitol grounds, a restricted area. Mr. Ray, you have arrested hundreds of people related to January 6th, and there have been people arrested for breaching Capitol grounds. Epps also testified to the January 6th committee. He was back at his hotel when video evidence showed that he wasn't. He lied. He was on the Capitol grounds just as Brandon Strecker was. Epps even texted his nephew at 2.12 p.m. and said, I quote, I was in the front with a few others. It was on the video. I also orchestrated it. Now look into the camera, sir, when you answer my next question. Are you going to arrest Mr. Epps 
yes or no? I'm not going to engage here in a discussion about individual people who are okay. or are not. Anyway, gonna... My point is this. You arrested a lot of folks for unlawful activity. You just saw the video. And I will tell I you, order, Mr. Mr. Uh, if you don't yeah. arrest Mr. I'm Epstein, the, the reason behind it, I believe you know order, what it order. is. And it appears to me you are protecting this guy. I strongly recommend you get your house back in order. With that, I yield back. Not a great day. Christopher Ray, body language experts will tell you that Christopher Ray expected to go up there and to do what he's always done, be a complete greaseball and just be like, mm, I'm not sure, sources and methods. Christopher Ray was rocked yesterday. He was scared. He was shaking at times. He was snapping at times. His body language was like angry and then perturbed and then upset. Ooh, he was not expecting this. He was expecting the Washington generals versus the Harlem Globetrotters. Just the way Republicans have always been. Just a knockdown team. Just a joke. A joke. And he didn't get that. He actually got people that swung. And this next story is wild, baby. Wild. Now, is Christopher Wray involved in the cocaine cover-up at the White House? That's an important question. Is Christopher Wray involved? He's been involved in every other cover-up for the Bidens. We're going to detail the Biden's long list of criminality offenses, how every single Biden has gotten off coke offenses, crack offenses, even though Joe Biden, Mr. Law and Order, Joe Biden's passed the harshest crack laws in America. Make sure we lock up young black people. Whoo, but not Hunter and his fake teeth. No, baby. No. But before we get there and Christopher Ray's revelations of his involvement in the cocaine at the White House, let me tell you what. I don't do cocaine, but I do do caffeine. All right. I do caffeine every single morning, a big black uh, cup of caffeine. I'm not sure if they make it in powdered form. Probably not how I'd like to get my caffeine. But I can tell you this little baggy, little baggy of Coke at the White House. You don't need that stuff. All you need is blackout coffee, baby. You need blackout coffee because that gives me the jolt that I need to get going. Don't 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 do the nose candy. You don't need the uh the, the, the Santa's snow devil, devil Santa's snow. I don't know. I don't know what they call cocaine. How uncool am I? I'm telling you that you need a natural boost of energy. Blackout coffee, man. It's what I drink. I got ice this morning because it's hot in Tampa. I drink blackout coffee because they're made right here in America, because it's made here in the state of Florida and because this company supports my values. And keeps me going. You got to have energy to fight the commies. Go to blackoutcoffee.com slash Benny. Blackoutcoffee.com slash Benny or click the link in the description. Stop supporting companies that hate you. All right. Have the energy to fight. People have energy, man, in the White House. They certainly have energy to hide their crack and their coke addictions. Dude, check this out. Christopher Ray being asked if he's involved in the cocaine cover up at the White House. Watch. Is the FBI assisting the Secret Service in the uh, investigation as to how cocaine wound up at the White House? Uh, yes, I want to be a little bit careful about what I can say here because Secret Service is leading the investigation. But uh, as is standard in an investigation uh, where white powder is found, uh, the FBI's lab uh, personnel did an evaluation to determine whether or not there was a, you know, sort of biological. Is that the only assistance? We have that's only assistance we've done so far. We have offered the full range of our assistance uh, to the Secret Service. Uh, if they want to use us. Oh, they've done more than offer. The FBI is now involved in the White House Coke investigation. Christopher Ray and Merrick Garland, his boss, are overseeing Cocaine Gate. What? 
Garland, who just gave Hunter Biden the plea deal of the century, won't even open Hunter's laptop, is burying the bribery tapes. And Ray, who covered up the laptop before the last election and raided President Trump's house. Those two guys are in charge of investigating the White House coke. So who could it possibly be? Who could it possibly be? Now, of course, you're all going to laugh and be like, oh, it's Hunter. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, do you know that Hunter Biden has not just been found with cocaine inside of his laptop or in all the videos that he's posted and filmed himself smoking cocaine, doing crack, weighing his crack rocks? Do you know that all the way back in 1988, we're talking a year after I was born, 1988 was the first time that Hunter Biden was imprisoned for cocaine. Did you know? Did you know? How old would he have been? How old would Hunter have been at that point? A teenager? And he's like in his 50s now. I'm in my late 30s. It was a year after I was born. Hunter Biden had his cocaine arrest expunged because daddy was a senator. Hunter Biden, possession of controlled substance charge kept under wraps while father led drug war in the Senate. You probably never heard of this one. In Stone Harbor, New Jersey, Hunter Biden was 18 years old and Hunter Biden got nabbed, partying a little too hard in Stone Harbor, New Jersey, arrested for a controlled substance. Ooh, very interesting. What could that have possibly been? Well, we don't know because after he was arrested and after they got a mugshot of Hunter Biden, a couple of phone calls were made and suddenly that arrest was expunged and Hunter was free. I wonder where that came from. I wonder where the phone calls came from. Interesting. Here, ladies and gentlemen, inside of uh, the New Yorker, of uh, 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 the fellatiated uh, article, like just absolutely blowing the Bidens. Uh, I mean that in the cocaine sense. When, when Hunter Biden was appointed to a very, very prestigious position as a PR representative inside of the Naval Unit, uh, in the Naval Reserve Unit at a Naval Station in Norfolk, he was really excited to start his career in the military. A random and routine drug test proved that he had cocaine in his system. So who did he blame on that cocaine? Hunter Biden said he bummed a cigarette from two African-American dudes outside of a bar the night before. So he blamed black people on getting kicked out of the Navy. Hunter Biden still didn't face any consequences. Interesting. Hunter Biden uh, was not the only Biden child who's apparently been caught up in a cocaine scandal. Ashley Biden, uh, Biden's daughter, was apparently caught on video doing lines of cocaine. The daughter of U.S. Vice President Joe Biden has been caught up in a cocaine scandal allegedly set up by a friend for profit. The video shows Ashley Biden, 27, snorting cocaine uh, that she was offered uh, at a party. The person's trying to sell the footage, um, but in the video, which is 90 seconds long, which is, I don't think, public, it shows her snorting the drug through a red straw in front of people at a party. Hmm. So it could have been Ashley. Ladies and gentlemen, um, very curious this because now breaking news turns out that Hunter and Ashley and everyone at the White House 
is officially off the hook inside of the most secure building in the world with the most cameras uh, breaking as of time of this show. According to CNN, Secret Service concludes cocaine investigation. No suspect identified. No fingerprints or DNA turned up on the baggie of cocaine that was found in the lobby at the White House last week, despite a sophisticated FBI crime lab analysis and a surveillance footage of the area didn't identify a suspect, according to the summary of Secret Service investigation obtained by the Associated Press. There are no leads as to who brought the drugs into the building. They think you're stupid. Ladies and gentlemen, in a moment, we're going to be joined by a presidential candidate who is wishing to hopefully clean up the White House, clean up this disgusting mess. Uh, Lauren Boebert just got a briefing from the Secret Service, however, and we wanted to play you this because this is really important. Lauren Boebert, this was just tweeted out, uh, talked about what the brief, what the Secret Service told her about the bag of cocaine found at the White House. Check this out. Hey everyone, I am on my way into this restricted area uh, to go into a skip to learn about the unclassified uh, information regarding the cocaine that was found at the White House. Um, I'm meeting with Secret Service agents and I am determined to find out exactly what happened, where the substance came from, who is allowed in the White House without uh, going through security and um, and more importantly, why members of Congress are uh, forced into a skiff where classified information is regularly shared. And this is an unclassified subject. So stay tuned. I will have more information for you shortly. So we'll see, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see. Lauren Boebert coming on our show directly after she left the skip, skiff looking at the Joe Biden's FD-1023. Just don't know. Just have no idea who could have brought the cocaine in the White House on the 4th of July. You just have no idea. Who could it have possibly been? No, no. It just it couldn't it couldn't have possibly been the guy who was rubbing his nose all sweaty and twitchy and running around. Couldn't have possibly been the guy who carries a little red kitty's backpack everywhere he goes. What's in the backpack, Hunter? What about just scumbags? These people need to be cleaned out of the White House. They, like You need like a deep clean in the White House, not just to clean up all the coke that's been spilled on the floor, bumping lines off the bust of Teddy Roosevelt, not just because of like the amount of the amount of, I don't know, diaper rash that may be left inside of the Oval Office, but because like there needs to be like spiritual cleansing of the White House. I truly believe that. And that is why we are honored to be joined by a presidential candidate on our show. Somebody who wishes to clean up this country, uh, a friend of the show, the great Vivek Ronswani. Vivek, thank you so much for being on the program. Sorry, the, so I, I, don't, I try as hard as I can to not bring on presidential candidates talking about illicit drug use and bumping parties inside of the White House. I don't think that's a great lead-in, but since you are someone who wants to clean up this mess, um, maybe you could just start by telling me, if you were president, would you reorder an investigation into whose cocaine bag this was? Benny, this is 
a reminder of almost what the COVID lab leak story sounded like when it first came out, right? <laughs> There's a bioterrorism lab in Wuhan, China, that works on engineering viruses that are designed to be infectious. It leaks into the world from China, but you can't say that it came from a lab in Wuhan until three years later when you finally meekly admit that, yeah, the thing that was kind of obvious at the time came light, came to light and be true. It's, it's, it's that story. We see that all over again, repeating itself in every sphere of American life. That's what this story reminds me of as well. You did a pretty good job of laying out why it should be as obvious where this cocaine came from as it was that the COVID-19 virus originated in a lab in Wuhan. But it takes us somehow three years to get to the truth of the matter. I was going to give a more sympathetic account of it, Benny, as I thought maybe Hunter was just being a good son to his dad and helping him with his presidential debate prep, which is what they might have been doing in the White House. But uh, but regardless, I think it's 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 relatively obvious why they've been so opaque about the reality. And I was actually, as you were talking, Benny, I was also reminded, you and I were walking the streets of Kensington. Mm. You might remember when we when we talked to somebody who was one of the drug users on the street there about the so-called aid efforts, and we asked what was wrong with it. They said, actually, the aid efforts are literally giving out needles and crack pipes on the street. And so perhaps it's possible that Hunter has also been put in charge of that aid program uh, to cities across the country. I think he would be fitting to give away the crack pipes like many in the government aid programs are doing now. But all joking aside, this is just a sad symptom of how deep the rot runs, not just in the federal government, but in our culture of accountability in this country. And that's a big part of what I'm looking to change by hopefully winning the next election. So this is obviously a line of question that's questioning that's really important uh, to my audience, which is accountability. And yeah. nobody is asking for political persecutions. Everyone's against that. Uh, by nature, we're against going after and censoring the left. We don't want to go after them just based on what they believe. That's immoral. That's wrong. However, if you do break the law. You should be held accountable. It doesn't matter what letters behind your name and what you saw with Christopher Ray yesterday is that nobody is, seems at all interested in holding the Bidens into account yeah, for, well, the, the, for their crimes. Um, can you talk me through a Ron Swamy administration? What would you believe? Like what? Like how would you begin to set it right, set the universe right with a little justice? I think that this is inherently a predictable feature of the bureaucracy, Benny. When you have bureaucracies that should have never existed in the first place, that is a formula. It's a cesspool that it's almost like a law of physics. It will get you corruption because when people show up to work who should have never had that job, they find things to do in the way that they deem fit. So the people who we elect to run the government now are, first of all, let's just establish the obvious. They're not the ones who actually run the government. Mm. This managerial class that runs the show in the permanent state today has decided that for now, when they believe that there's a decent chance that Trump will be the nominee for the Republican Party, they've decided that they need to actually hold out this puppet that beat him once. That's their best chance of doing it again to keep the permanent state intact. That's what they're going to do. Now, I believe I'm going to be the nominee for the Republican Party. You mark my words, if and when I am the nominee, they're not going to let Biden run against me. So that's when this probe comes out, be it the cocaine in the White House, mm -hmm. be it the classified documents probe against Biden that they've more or less sidelined. They're keeping that. And so I think what's going to happen is this even goes beyond partisanship, Benny. 
it's not just that if you're on the left, you're politically favored and on the right, you're not. That's how it appears today. That's how it's playing out. But it runs deeper than that. It is a permanent state that decides who is and isn't the people who actually sit in seats like the White House. So what am I doing to change that under my administration? I think the first step is I can't promise you that I will reform that bureaucracy. Other Republicans will make that promise. I won't because that is a false promise. I don't think one human being can do it. This bureaucracy has existed for long before. It'll exist for long after unless we do the one thing that the president can do. Shut it down. What I've said is I've offered a clear plan for how we will close the FBI. Christopher Ray is not the problem. He is a symptom of the problem. The problem is a J. Edgar Hoover FBI. It's actually a great book my wife and I are reading right now. It's called G-Man. The guy who it stands for government man. It's a book about J. Edgar Hoover and the history of that institution. This is just the modern puppet in the in the tradition of J. Edgar Hoover. This was a, a bureaucracy that was built that should have never existed in the first place. At the local level, you have local prosecutors and local police. You don't have a giant investigative unit sitting in between. Well, in the federal government, we have the U.S. Marshals, which as best as I can tell is not yet a deeply corrupt political institution. And then you've got prosecutors, but you don't need this separate FBI sitting in between. And so when that bureaucracy exists, and Benny, I've visited Washington, D.C. It is still the J. Edgar Hoover building of the FBI that these agents and these staff walk into every day. You can't make this stuff up. The right answer is I will, on strong constitutional and statutory authority, shutter that institution. It will not exist under my watch in office. And that's how we actually end a corruption that, by the way, in the 1960s, was threatening Martin Luther King with suicide using tapes that they illegally collected that's now going after its different political opponents while leaving the Hunter Bidens of the world and the Joe Bidens of the world untouched. And so this is a deeper trans-temporal problem. It goes beyond just the moment we're in. This is a problem over the last generation in our country. And I think I'm the single presidential candidate in the last decade, in the last probably 30 years, who has the deepest understanding of how to actually shut down that administrative state, including the police state, starting with the FBI. How, what, an what, an, what an incredible answer. I, I'll have like a couple follow-ups to that. But first off, that is, tr that is truly alpha. Way to go. I mean, it's it is an do. executive order that is done, uh, executive orders that are done by the pen can be undone by the pen. Yes. The FBI is just an executive order. Now, it's also, it's also, completely and totally unconstitutional. Madison and Jefferson had this whole argument about whether the president should have police powers. And they both decided together that that would be wrong. And that's actually how Europe went the way that the chaos that spiraled Europe into uh, a, a, a century of darkness because kings had police power. Yeah. And so they actually removed that and we somehow added it in 100 years later. It's totally and completely wrong. I want to start with something on the follow-ups to what you just said. You said that they're holding back the charges against Biden. And if somebody is able to challenge Trump uh, or if Trump is not able to be the candidate, then they'll swap Biden. Yes. They'll suddenly come down on him instantly and just get him out. Yes. That's that's wild. Uh, that's exactly what's going to happen. that. Talk That's exactly that. what's going to happen. Okay. So, Benny, I'm in this race. I, I believe I will be the nominee. That's why I'm taking the great pains of running for U.S. president. That's for the people to decide, not me. But if I am the nominee, you mark my words, they will not let Joe Biden run against me. 
The juxtaposition would be too stark. They know that it would be a landslide election and they will then fret to say their puppet has outlived his purpose. So the first thing they'll do is they'll get him behind closed doors and say, listen up, old man, it's time to move aside. Now, Joe Biden at times when he's at least in his more lucid moments can be a stubborn man. I think what they're going to do is lord over him then. The documents case, the cocaine case, the dirt they have on his son, they know that that's close to Joe Biden's heart. And that's going to be their leverage to make sure they put up the next puppet who then meets the moment against a guy like me. Maybe someone like Michelle Obama or Gavin Newsom. That's who they'll put up against someone like me. That's exactly what's coming. Now, they're not going to need to exercise that leverage if Donald Trump's the nominee because the way they see it is, okay, this is their best chance. Now, we tried it once. The old man puppet did it once. Maybe we can put up the old man puppet to do it again. But that is how the administrative state plays its game. It is, it is something that goes beyond partisanship. This is almost deeper than actually a Democrat versus Republican issue. This is about who actually governs the United States of America. Is it the people who we elect to run the government or is it, and I love the way you put it, Benny, it's, it's, it's refreshing for me to actually have a conversation with a guy who knows a thing or two about history, history that goes beyond even the birth of our country. Is it the old world European model? Is it that we cannot trust the people of this country, the citizens of a nation to self-govern, mm. but that a more enlightened class must actually determine those answers instead, the unelected class, the bureaucrats? In old world Europe, it was the monarch. It was a group of labor leaders and church leaders that got together behind closed doors in the back of palace halls, deciding what was right for the rest of society at large. Today, that is the managerial class in the administrative state and the woke industrial complex that spans the administrative state and their cronies in the private sector that determine, no, 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 the people of this country cannot be trusted, Democrat or Republican. It's we, the enlightened class, that have to decide what's right for the rest of society at large. That's the way they're playing this game. Now, you mark my words, if I'm the U.S. president, I understand that if somebody works for me and I can't fire them, that means they don't work for me. Mm. It means I work for them because I'm responsible for what they do without any authority to change it. And I refuse to be that puppet in the White House. I've been a CEO. I think it takes an outsider to get this job done. A professional career politician cannot do it. I think the donor class is, you know, largely the, the mega donor class is in on the game. And I reject that game. So I think that I've studied this, and we can get into the legal details if you're interested, on strong constitutional and statutory authority. And the good news is one of the great things to celebrate about President Trump's accomplishments was he gave us a great Supreme Court that understands the Constitution and stands for it. This Supreme Court agrees with my views on this. We will go in, and I'm not just going to reform the Department of Education or the FBI. It's a false promise. I will not just fire the figurehead on top. That's just a game. It's a charade. I will shut it down. I will make sure we do get sued. Of course, we'll get sued by the people who are fired. We then take that to the Supreme Court, the great Supreme Court that Trump helped create for this country. We then win. And that's how for the next guy that takes over after I'm leaving the White House, I'm out in January 2033. That's how we actually drive change on the timescale of history, because the next guy won't have his hands tied in the same way mine are. And just as I'm a little bit more free than Trump was because he actually gave us the Supreme Court we have now. That's how we drive change on the scales of history. Now, you're already seeing this from the FBI's official accounts. I've never seen anything like it. The FBI's official account at FBI verified little silver checkmark was live tweeting the hearing. That's how terrified they were of that hearing yesterday. Never seen anything like it. Such, such a beta move. 
and, and such a such fear, such fear. You can sense it, like the fear that they have. And here's what they were tweeting, and I'm just going to throw this argument at you. Yeah. This is what you're going to get here. Oh, but the FBI does good work. They solved this crime or that crime, and they saved this bunny and this cat from a tree. And so you need to keep the FBI because the cat and the tree and the bunny. It's interesting. The the PR element of this, Benny, if you study the history on this, it's actually not as new as you'd think. You go back to J. Edgar Hoover. What was his top? I'm looking at the tweets now that you got up there. Yeah. In the modern form, we do it in the form of tweets. Back in Hoover's day, they used to do it in the form of movies, working with Hollywood. Mm. So this guy, corrupt guy in the, whose shadow the FBI, the FBI was actually built. I almost had a Freudian slip and said FDA. <laughs> it kind of has a parallel problem in that organization too, which I have my own thoughts on how I'm going to shudder. 75% of the employees over there, but in the FBI will close the whole thing. Is even Hoover, when he led it, where did he spend most of his attention? His attention, the top dog, was on the PR of that institution to actually spread the PR of all the good things they were do of purging and that back then the communists in the country as part of the Red Scare that they used to justify their own grab of power, dominion, and control. So in a certain sense, that live tweet that you're seeing today, that live tweeting stream during yesterday's hearing, it's again nothing more than the tradition of J. Edgar Hoover, the G-man, the government man, that actually built the institution, the namesake of the building of the headquarters of the FBI today, that literally is the same corrupt institution that it was always set up to be. And when you have a beast that deep, Benny, you can't tame the beast. The beast will strike back and devour you. You have to slay that beast. We cannot reform the administrative state. We cannot tame the Leviathan. We have to shut it down. And when I say that, it makes a lot of people, I've, I've had this experience, Benny, I've gotten, I can read to you if I, you know, if I had the time, I'd search my phone to read you some of the texts I've gotten from would-be donors telling me, hey, listen, you know, what you're saying, you might want to tame it because people, you know, they, they, they'll tell me stuff like this. I'm just being really open with you, right? So these are, these are billionaire type friends and say, hey, I know you have to talk this way to win a primary, but I know you don't really mean it, but maybe you can actually just be a little bit more reasonable so that the friends I'm talking to think don't think you're a crazy man. I'm actually perfectly sane in terms of understanding the constitutional footing here, but what I tell them is, no, actually, actually, I do mean it. And this is exactly what we're going to see through, and I'd love to have your support because we're going to need everybody's support to get there. This is actually what I stand for, and I, and I can educate you on why this is going to be necessary. And then I walk them through, look, the DEA is pursuing some of the same cases as the FBI is in parallel. Why do we need an FBI? The U.S. Marshals are just enforcing the law rather than actually serving as this actual federal police state, which our founding fathers never wanted us to have. And even some of those, I would say, initially scared Republicans – you know, maybe they're maybe they're not telling me the truth and maybe they're just indulging me, but actually say, oh, OK, well, I guess I didn't see it that way. That's my job for this country is to take what now is considered to be an extreme course of action, shutting down the unconstitutional fourth branch of the government and waking us up to see, actually, this was the original vision of the country in the first place. The vision, the ideals that we all share in common of self-governance over aristocracy, part of what unites us as Americans and the foreign idea, the crazy idea, was the idea that we ever had an unelected class that wielded the power they do today. 
That's my job. And I think that as the young guy in this race, as a fresh millennial voice, as somebody who's never been in government, coming in as an outsider, having had success in the private sector, that's my responsibility to take what seems strange, but actually to remind everyone that that was actually what was familiar at our core. It's part of what makes us American, that we believe in actual self-governance by we the people rather than by this special appointed class of the federal administrative police state. The beautiful thing about even my, I don't know how old you are. I'm 37 and I've lived, unfortunately, through like Bush, uh, Bush one and two, yep. Mitt Romney, John McCain. And before the Internet and before Twitter, before Facebook and YouTube and Rumble, it, it was very easy to lie to people. Yeah. It was very easy to say something, be totally disingenuous about it. Right. I'm George Bush. I'm pro-life. Right. No, you're not. No, you're not. You never once you, you haven't ever once said anything about Roe v. Wade being overturned. You're a liar. Yep. You lied. You didn't speak to the March for Life, dude. It was across the street from the White House. And you never once in eight years went and spoke to them. You're lying to us. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how quickly in, in the modern era you can call out the liars. And that's totally. why like keep talking the way that you're talking. I appreciate it's that, man. Resonating with people. I'm people 37. We're well, the same hi. age. 37, actually. okay. And you we grew up into this. We grew up into this era. I was a Bush skeptic at the time. I mean, like yeah. you, actually, even people in the Republican club back in college used to push back on me when I was arguing against the Patriot Act, passed far outside of constitutional authority, yeah. arguing against the ways in which the bailouts played out. These were Republican ideas then. So, I mean, people like okay. you and I, Benny, we're not political partisans. I think we stand for first principles. And I think our generation hopefully can wake up to the fact that this isn't about red versus blue. This is about what it means to be an American. Because you're running. OK, so it, it's fascinating to me because you're the first person and you're the only person, you're the youngest person in the Republican field right now. Yeah. There's 279 declared candidates and, you you know, and they have multiple lifetimes worth of political experience on you. Yeah. But Nikki Haley ain't taken off. Tim Scott ain't taken. These people have been in politics their entire life. They're, they ain't taken off. Mike Pence. And now you're fighting DeSantis for the number two spot. I mean, you're up there. You're like you. You are within striking distance of being number two in the entire in Republican polling, because I would argue your authenticity. Your Thank comments you, on this. I appreciate that. I I think we're just getting warmed up. I'm looking forward to the debate. The first debates in late August. One of the things, Benny, is I had I'd never had a political donor in my life because I've never run for office. So the way it usually works is you start out with these donor lists. That's where you initially get the donors. So they've set this debate threshold at 40,000 unique donors. We've already crossed 65,000 when actually many governors and senators, even some of the people you mentioned, are complaining that the 40,000 threshold is too high. So I'm gratified by it. One of the things that's cool about it, Benny, is 30% of our donors are first time ever donors to a Republican candidate or Republican cause of any kind. And usually that number for a GOP candidate is 2%. And, and that just goes to my theme that this labeling battle between Republicans and Democrats, I mean, George Bush was a nominal Republican, but you and I, when we were, you know, let's just say in our twenties back then, or in our late teens and early twenties, we were on the same side of principle against a guy who was really just a hollowed out husk of the same establishment that now puts up Joe Biden as its puppet. And so I think when we when we're able to talk about this in ways that go beyond, you know, are you black or are you white or are you Democrat or are you Republican? But just take a step back and ask ourselves, what do we fight a revolution in 1776 for? What does that flag behind you actually mean? Yes, it's a piece of cloth, but what does it actually stand for? 
You ask somebody our age, what does it mean to be an American? You get a blank stare in response. Let's let's fill that void. Let's have a conversation today about what are those principles that define what it means to be an American today? It means we are sovereign. It means that we don't bow to some autocrat, be it foreign or domestic. It means we believe in prosperity without apology. It means we are, yes, proud of what we call American exceptionalism, the best ideals known to a free society that give hope to the free world. Those are Republican or Democrat ideas, but that's what moves me in this race. And honest to God, I would rather speak the truth at every step of the way and lose some election than to play some political snakes and ladders and figure out how to sit as a hollowed out husk in the White House like the guy we have there now. What's the point of going through the motions? And so we'll find out whether that's a successful electoral strategy or not. And my bet is it will be, but we'll see. Final question I have, and it sort of it sort of fish hooks into what you were just talking about, is this viral clip of you uh, engaging with a uh, pro-abortion a uh, woman who came to just scream at you in Iowa, right? And you can go check it out on social media. There's a lot of scre- there's a lot of screaming, not by Vivek, but by the protester in this clip. So it'll just play beside you. Please check it out uh, online. It's done millions of views. Uh, effectively, this protester came and, and yelled at Vivek, and Vivek was able to defuse the situation and actually have a nice conversation with her, uh, and then and then turn the entire room into applauding for her. And she like weeps and walks out. Uh, talk me through this. A remarkable moment. Well, you know, it, it bothered me a little bit where, so there's someone screaming in the back. First, I thought usually if there's people screaming at our, at our events, usually they're like super fans. And she said, protect women when I was talking about the U.S. military. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. And there's a lot of things going wrong in our military, as you and I well know. But then then I realized that, no, 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 this is a woman who's agree, disagreeing with me on grounds of abortion. She started saying, my body, my choice. I was actually attending a historic day in Iowa the following day where they were signing into law uh, a special, you know, anti-abortion law that I fully support. But anyway, that was why she was there as a protester. But then the security started to actually guide her out because she was, I mean, she was screaming at the top of her lungs and you couldn't even really make out what she was saying. I got a sense that it was a pro-choice protester and they were just guiding her out of the building. And I was like, no, 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 I, this is not the way I want this to end. Okay, I'm an advocate for free speech. What does it mean to advocate for free speech? What does it mean to be an American? It means that we get to disagree in the open. So so I told her, I I had the microphone. I said, bring her back in. And I gave her the floor and said, you get to ask me a question and I promise you I'll respond to it. And what was the most striking thing about it, Benny, is she started screaming at me about my body, my choice, my, my takeaway from it. It wasn't totally clear because she was very emotional, but my sense from it. My strong sense was based on the things she said, she had undergone maybe rape, uh, certainly had had a man who was not in her life anymore. She said had had put that baby into me. So the way she framed it suggested that it was rape or something like it. And she brought a child into this world. But then I let her speak. I didn't interrupt her. And as she started speaking, you know what she started saying? She started saying, and my daughter is successful. That was the word she used, is successful. And she said that over and over again. And I don't want to be looked down upon. Hmm. And that was so interesting to me because the choice she made was to bring her daughter into this world. And now she wants to tell an audience of people in the room in Iowa and remind them that her daughter is successful and she doesn't want to be looked down upon. To me, that sounds like a pro-life message, right? And so my only question was, I asked her just to confirm because it was hard to understand. I said, are you a mother today? She said, yes, I am. And then the whole room applauded for her. 
And, and she broke down in tears because she didn't want to be looked down upon. She wasn't looked down upon in that room. She was celebrated for being a mother. And I just think it shows the power of having an open conversation in this country. It's not always going to have a happy ending, but we can disagree with one another. But our right to air our disagreements is part of what makes us American. And occasionally we might discover, even as you and I did, as we walked the streets of Kensington, that we may not disagree nearly as much with the people around us as we thought if we're actually willing to have the conversation. It really was a demonstration that hurt people hurt people and that the cycle of brokenness in our society needs to be stopped somewhere. It's like somebody needs to stand up and stop it. And that's where a lot of this comes from. These people carry a lot of bitterness in their hearts. They're not happy individuals. They're not. It's not a happy movement. If you spend any time around leftists, and I do, I go to their protests, I get screamed at, spit on. Like, and I know you do too. Like, they're not actually happy people. No. What we saw in Kensington was not happy. Was not without people living a joyful, prosperous life. It was a lot of a lot of brokenness, a lot of pain um, that defines this movement. And it needs people to stand up and be optimistic about it. We try as hard as we can to white pill people on this yeah. show and uh, and red pill people and not be doomers. Um, yeah. And your candidates are attracting, as you just said, like a, a tired new, new generation. And we think that's that, we think that's awesome. Uh, what's the best way for people to find uh, what you're up to, uh, what you're doing? Uh, yeah. I think we have your socials to toss on screen. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, Vivek2024.com is our website. So V-I-V-E-K2024.com. In my views, this is this is a grassroots movement. You know, yes, I have put 15 plus million of my own money into the campaign precisely because I don't want to rely on mega donors. But the thing that's going to lift us up are volunteers across this country. We're seeing them starting to come in in droves. We actually launched this new program, Benny, which you might appreciate, which actually says if you want to help us raise money, instead of me using the professional fundraising class who goes to Silicon Valley and Palm Beach and gets to keep 10% of what they bundle and raise, yeah. I said, let's just make that available to everybody. So in the last few days, we've had a thousand people sign up for that program. It's my kitchen cabinet is what we call it. You help us raise money, small dollars. You get to keep 10%. It's like Joe Biden said, uh, 10% for the big guy. I say 10% for the little guy. And, and you know, this is we're going to have some fun with this along the way, too. So that's, if people make some money on it, great. Help us fundraise. I think that's a, that's a way that we can both have fun, but also do something that's actually important in getting us across the finish line here. Really, really impressive and interesting stuff. And uh, one of the one of the more you and RFK, man, are two are the like fascinating candidates that no one's ever seen before coming out in 2024. It's changing a lot of things. And we're we're thankful for it. Vivek, appreciate it. Godspeed. Thank you, Ben. See you. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that was Vivek Ron Swamy, presidential candidate. Uh within spitting distance of being number two in the polls uh, for the Republican uh, primary campaign. Uh, everybody knows number one, Donald Trump, far and away, uh, leading this campaign. We uh, await the first debates. Uh, the first caucuses will be in January. That will come blazing fast. It is, we are rounding the corner on July. And so things are going to move quickly. Here, ladies and gentlemen, time to make sure that you are subscribed, time to make sure you're part of the Benny Brigade. And who are we fighting against? Well, I think we broke some news here. Vivek was saying that they're going to drop a ton of bricks on Joe Biden's head. I think he's right about that. But then that would mean that uh, this person is vice president. Our nuclear cringe of the day, ladies and gentlemen, from Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris deciding as the AI czar that she is going to be explaining how AI works. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Get a load of this. And I think the first part of this issue that should be articulated is AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. But ultimately what it is, is it's about machine learning. And so the machine is taught. And part of the issue here is what information is going into the machine that will then determine, and, and we can predict then, if we think about what, machine, what information is going in, what then will be produced in terms of decisions and opinions um, that may be made through that process. God help us. Whenever I see these clips of Kamala Harris, I say, God help us, please, please. We are living through idiocracy. This is, so it's, it's just these, the, how, how is it that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are in charge of this country? They're not actually. They're not. They think they're in charge. They're not in charge. They're not in charge. Not even the deep state in charge. Not Christopher Ray and any of his puppet masters. They're not in charge. God's in charge. So it's good to center yourself. Have some namaste. Like be at peace. The fact that God is actually in control. And that is why we end every single show with a Bible verse from Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Does that hit home? Yeah, that hits home. That hits home. The show is all about Christopher Ray, the lies, the multiple Scandals and allegations and the de destruction of our White House, cocaine, crimes, cover-ups. Ah, it's dirty. I feel like showering after every show. It's so gross. Not the way Joe Biden showers, uh, yanking his dog, uh, creeping on his daughter. But like, ooh, man, it feels dirty talking about these people. The present sufferings this verse talks about. Yeah, I feel present sufferings. Do you feel present sufferings? It's promised to you. But here's what's also promised to you. Please remember the other side of this verse, the glory that will be revealed to us. Nothing can compare to it. Nothing can compare. In this life or the next, we will have justice. We will have victory. March onward. Christian soldier. It's your boy, Benny. See ya.